Hey guys, welcome to the Encounter Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining us again. This is our second episode and I'm super excited about it because I have Charlene with me. She's one of my best friends in ministry and I've always just been so intrigued about her encounter with Jesus and and, uh, and what it took to get her to where she is today. And so thank you so much for joining me. Yes. I'm excited. So um, let's just get right to it. Uh, how long have you been following Jesus? Like how long have you known the Lord? What's your walk with the Lord like right now? Well, when I was nine years old is actually when I gave my life to Jesus. I, I got saved, you know, I was actually picked up by a First Baptist Church of Elfers. And I went to church and I gave my life to the Lord then. But honestly, I really didn't live for the Lord. You know, it wasn't until I was 25 years old that I actually surrendered my life to Jesus. And I think there's such a, a difference there, you know, from when you first acknowledge Jesus to actually surrendering your heart. And so I was 25 years old when I surrendered my heart to Jesus and started following him. It's so true. It's like mm -hmm. we can know God is real, but until we have a real encounter with him, that's when we actually start following Jesus. And I think that's why this podcast is so important is, is that people that have not had an encounter with the Lord yet, we want them to seek that out. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Where were you at? I know you had a little bit of a drug addiction background. Right. So can you tell me like, okay, so I know you're nine and you gave your life to the Lord, but when did you start like, you know, dabbling in drugs? What did that look like? How mm -hmm. old were you? So I was 11 years old when I started to actually run away from home. And that was before I even started doing drugs. Okay. And so I just went through a lot in my family, you know, a lot of abusive things that took place and happened. And so I just wanted to run away. I didn't feel like I was welcomed. And um, I started to run away. So then I started getting in trouble with the law. And honestly, I got in trouble with the law before I even touched a drug, you know. And I think it was really just a, a way to, again, run away. So whenever I met my um, daughter's father, when I was 15 years old, after getting out of programs in jail, um, he introduced me to drugs. You know, like that was the first time I actually started taking pills or anything like that. Um, I did drink, I think, when I was 12, like in between, you know, like with friends. Going out and with stuff friends. Like that. Yeah, I did get drunk one time. But actually taking drugs was when I was 15 years old. And honestly, it was like a whole nother way to run away and not deal with reality and not deal with like pain that I had in my heart that I never dealt with before, you know, unforgiveness, a lot of unforgiveness. So I started using hardcore drugs when I was 15 years old. So it was like an escape. It was, yeah. Yeah, like numbed you from everything. It did, yeah. Mm -hmm. At 15, that's mm -hmm. when you really started. Right. That's crazy. So what kind of like, you don't have to give me the details, but what kind of drugs was it? Like just marijuana or... No, mm -mm. it was definitely anything that was available. So just anything yeah. you could get your hands mm -hmm. on. Yeah, pills, yeah. drugs, crack, yeah. coke, anything. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. At 15. Right, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So how long of an addiction, or did you have an addiction, or was it, was it the numbness that was the addiction? Was it actually a substance addiction, or was it just like just running from your problems was the real addiction? So I believe it started out like running from my problems, you know, uh, like I said, it was like a whole nother way to run away, mm -hmm. you know, it's, but then it of course led into like a more of like a physical addiction when I started doing pills, you know, cause it also makes you addicted physically, you know, yeah. so it's like, you feel like you can't go without it and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, in your mind, you just will do anything to get it, you know, like, so. So your mind left from running to more like needing. Right. So it did get that bad. I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. So where, where where were you when you decided, like, I mean, how long did this addiction happen? How long was this time in your life? So I would say from 15 to 25, I was really addicted. Really? Yeah. Like I said, when I before that, I drank and things like that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really addicted yet. Um but it was like a roller coaster, to be honest with you. It was like sometimes I would just be smoking weed, drinking, and then all of, all of a sudden I would be into hardcore drugs. And then I would stop for a little while, make money, think that I was, you know, living the life, you know, not working and dealing drugs, you know. And then all of a sudden I would go back down and start crashing and lose everything, lose my house, everything like that, and then go back up and do it again. Like it was just this constant, um, you know, Battle. Battle. You know, like, it was just constant, yeah. So where was your family in this time? Well, I had my daughter when I was 17 years old, you know. So I always say that God totally blessed me with a beautiful gift when I so didn't deserve her, Mm. you know. And that was one of those times where I wasn't into, like, hardcore drugs. You know, it was one of those roller coasters, like, up and down. Um, But after I had her, I was prescribed painkillers. So it kind of reintroduced it all over again. And, um... And so she was with me and not with me. So I started getting locked up again in the beginning of, like, I would say, like, my early 20s. So when I would go to jail, I would be clean, you know, mm-hmm. for a little bit because you can't get drugs in, j- in yeah. jail. And unfortunately, I would visit my daughter through that glass, you know, which mm-hmm. was extremely heartbreaking because I, I loved my daughter. I loved yeah. my family even though I was so messed up, you know. And I remember I would make these promises to God being in jail. So it was like I, like I knew God was real and he was there. And I would, I would ask God. I would pray. I would be in my word in jail. And I would beg God to just give me one more chance. And if he gave me one more chance that I wouldn't mess up, I would change my life. And then as soon as I would get out those jail doors, it was like something would click in my mind and I would go right back to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go right back into it. And so... Um, but that's where my family was, yeah. Was it like the, when well, you said something would click and you'd go right back in, mm-hmm. was it like the feelings, the emotions, like, you know, what yeah. was it? Like, what was the draw back? Was it just like to numb all over again? <laughs> right. It was definitely, um, gosh, I don't know how to fully yeah. explain it. Temptation? But it, what it was like what we call a stronghold, you know, yeah. in the Bible now, but back then I didn't know what it was. You know, but it would just pull me back into it. I would just be in a place, like if I was with my friends or wherever, and then all of a sudden something would click, and I'd be like, you know what? Let's just call this person and get this, and you know, like it's really the people that you hang out with, and you know, part of it, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a piece of it, temptation, yeah. All right, so tell me about like, you know, when did this start to? When did you start to have a breakthrough? Like, when was this? Like, when was your road into like being done with it? Tell me about that. Mm Well, I was 25 years old at this point in time, and I had actually just recently lost everything. Like, my apartment caught on fire while I was sleeping, and it really was a miracle even in that that um, I knew God rescued me out of that situation because I fell asleep. My daughter was at my mom's for the weekend, and I was fighting with my ex-boyfriend at the time, so he wasn't there. I was the only one there, and I was cooking and fell asleep because I, I got wasted. And then all of a sudden, I was, like, standing up in the middle of my apartment, and it was pitch black. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. But something was telling me to go to the back room. So Mm -hmm. when I ran to the back after trying to punch out the windows in the front and it wasn't working, I opened up the door, and I was able to crawl out. And when I came to the front, there was the firefighters that were there. 
and all my neighbors were there, you know, and they could not believe that I was inside the apartment. They actually said they were literally trying to bust the door down for 25 minutes. And the firefighter said that the carbon monoxide itself should have killed me because that's what kills people. It's not really the fire. It's mm-hmm. the carbon monoxide. So they sent me to the hospital. When they tested me, I didn't have any carbon monoxide in my blood. Wow. Right? So the next day, I literally hitchhiked right here to Calvary Chapel Worship Center because I had been going here in and out since I was 12 years old. And when I got here, I remember, and that's why I say this, because it's like I had, I had encounters with the Lord throughout my addiction. Like God just never gave up on me, you know, but I remember being here at church after hitchhiking here, smelling like a burnt turkey, like my hair smelled like smoke, everything. And I just was worshiping God and I could feel his presence and I felt his closeness. But for some reason, even in that point, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't break it. Like as soon as I left, I just went back out and now I had nothing. So I literally ran the streets having nothing for like two months. But to be honest with you, I don't even remember those days at all because that's how messed up I was until all of a sudden I woke up in uh, Moon Lake and I was at a friend's house and I had no more drugs or anything. I didn't even know how I got there. And I got up and I had this moment of clarity. And I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore. Right? And so I got in the shower and I started to cry out to Jesus and just ask him to help me. That's like all that I knew what to do was to cry out to him. And then when I got out of the shower, I was like, okay, now I got to do something. You know, like, and I called my sister and I was like, can you please come get me? Because I know that if I make my way back to Newport Ritchie, I will never be in this place where I want to change again. Like, I just knew myself, you know? And so she came, picked me up, and we started going around places to try to find detox, you know, and go somewhere. And I ended up checking myself into community hospital in the psych ward, you know, and I turned 25 in there. So it was like a few days before my birthday. And I remember saying, I was like, I'm 25 and I'm still alive. Like, I couldn't believe that I was alive. You know, and it was at that point where I started to surrender, you know, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean, like, you surrendered? Like, tell me about that. Well, I started to know that I had to change, you know. I started to um, acknowledge him. I was actually there when I was at the community hospital. And every time I, I was going through major withdrawal. Okay, so at this point, I was an IV drug user, right? Really, really, really bad. I had marks all up my arms, abscess everywhere. And so the withdrawal was just so painful. I was so sick. And so I remember being there, and I would literally go into the bathroom and just start singing Amazing Grace. And every time I would sing Amazing Grace, it was like the withdrawals would come off me, and I could feel God's presence, you know. And so I went and I stayed with my sister after that because my sister was always there for me, even when I was all messed up. She would always welcome me back in there, you know. And I remember I would um, just read the word all night long, right? I would just get in the Bible and read the word and pray, and I would watch Joyce Myers for hours. But do you know, Angie, even in that point, I still, something would click and I would go back. And I actually still at that point kept smoking weed, you know, but I was like, I would justify it. And I would be like, you know what, it's okay. I'm just smoking weed. I'm just drinking here and there. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not shooting needles in my arms. Like I'm okay, you know? And, uh, but it wasn't okay because then all of a sudden, even though I was like, so in the word and so coming to church, I was coming to Calvary. Mm -hmm. I was actually going out witnessing with Marcus back then in the day, you know, 
but something again would just click in my mind here and there, like, you know, in between time, like a few weeks and I would want to use again. And I would call somebody that I knew had pills and I would get the pills and I'd be like, gosh, what's wrong with me? You know, like, am I crazy? Like I legit thought I was psycho. Like, why could I be so focused on Jesus and serving him and loving him and then all of a sudden click over to this other person. I just didn't understand it at first. Sin is, it's huge. It's a stronghold. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's what they say. Like if you, if you dabble in just a little bit of, if you put one drop of poison in a bottle of water, the whole thing's poison. Right. So when was it that you were like, you're like, speaking of that, I'm thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about the back and forth pull. How long did this go on where you're like, because I know there's people out there that, that like they're out of addiction or they're out of the sin in their lives and they're, they're walking with Jesus and they're, this, they're in their word, they're coming to church, but then they realize, well, wait, I'm, I've still got this sin in my life. I'm, I'm still back and forth. There's like this tug of war. They talk about it, the battle of the spirit and the flesh. So, right. so how long did that happen? And then how did you overcome this like back and forth battle? Like, mm-hmm. So it was for a few months that I was kind of going back and forth and I would like secretly get high, you know, mm-hmm. but I was living with my sister and my daughter was there at that time. And, and then I just, I knew that something had to change. Right. And so I ended up messing up again, staying out all night. And then my, um, my family put their foot down there like, okay, this, this just can't happen, you know, and, and they were right for doing that. And then I came to a place where again, I was crying out to Jesus, you know, and I was like, I really don't want this life. And so I was willing to do whatever it took to stop. And so I actually contacted a a rehab and I asked them if I can get in there. And they're like, well, there's a six month waiting list. And I was like, what am I going to do for six months? You know, like I was struggling, but I just kept praying. And can you believe it? Three days later, that place called me and they Mm -hmm. said, we have a bed open for you. And I knew that was God's hand in it, you know? And at this point I was actually seeing that war, like what you're stating. Mm -hmm. I was, I was recognizing the light from the darkness. I was even having these dreams of these demons in my dream coming after me and um, these dark shadows and they were just trying to take me. And it felt so real in my dream that I, I noticed it. I noticed it now because I had started to surrender and there was literally this war. It was, like God was like no I have this plan for you but the enemy would come in it was literally like he was trying to take my take me back you know it was definitely very real you know Mm. every time I hear like you talking about a shift it seems like it always happens after you just decide to make that decision to cry out to Jesus there's power in crying out to the Lord that's kind of where you were after every every Mm. moment of power that came in right right it was so if someone is struggling and going back and forth and they're in this battle is that what you say would say that your advice would be to them like what would you say if someone's listening right now that's like man I'm like in that battle right now like what do I do what are some practical things that you would say listen this is what you need to do right number one definitely crying out to Jesus but there but you also have to fight right it's not it's not easy I mean you have to fight the fight of faith you know, and so ways to fight like that I did, even when I was in rehab and everything, even before rehab, mm-hmm. is I would get in the Word, you know, and honestly, I would just read the Bible over and over, and, and I would literally even 
hang up scriptures, you know, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to believe was for my life, even when I didn't believe it in my life, you know, and things like I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ, you know, and who the sun sets free is free indeed. And greater is he that is in me than he is of the world. And I would literally write those scriptures everywhere in rehab all over my Bible. I even put you're beautiful because I didn't think I was beautiful. I, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. But I, but I knew God's word was there, and slowly it would renew my mind, yeah. you know. And even when I got out of rehab, and now there's temptation everywhere again, you know. Um, and I lived here my whole life, so I mean, I would literally go to the bathroom and a gas station, and all of a sudden this memory would come back to me, and I would speak out and say, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. And immediately when I would do that, it was like that that thought that used to be so strong over me that would make me give in to it had no more power. It was amazing. So So if I would say anything like to, to keep fighting that fight, is really using the word of God, you know, as your, as your weapon, you it's know, because it it's is our so true. Yeah. And so that's what I would share. And then also, um, there is a time where like, you do have to cut out those people that used to hang out. Like you can't go, you know, chill at your friend's house anymore, you know, yeah. because there's pills, there's weed, there's all that there. Like you just can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. The Bible says to flee from temptation. And when I read that, I was like, okay, I, I understand that. Like I took it literally, like I can't be in this, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I have to run from it. Um, and then also getting plugged in at church really, really, really helped me as well because then I had all these people just um, coming alongside me, fighting with me. Mm. You know, I wasn't doing it alone, you know, and so that would be my um, my encouragement. Cry out to the Lord, mm-hmm. read your word, even yeah. if you don't understand it, read it, highlight those scriptures, mm-hmm. keep those scriptures in your face, fight the battle of shame with faith. Yes. And keep yourself busy, mm-hmm. staying in the in the house of the Lord, getting plugged in. Because I know that also, since you've been plugged in, mm-hmm. your past that used to be full of guilt and shame has become one of your main leading tools, leading other people to mm-hmm. Christ, wouldn't you say? Right, yeah. yeah. You know, there was actually this time where I was afraid to witness to people that were struggling in addiction, and um, especially my friends from the back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. like they would actually message me and be like, man, you're doing so good, you know, especially this one specific person, Kyle, he would message me and I'd be like, man, I can't talk to him, you know, but God did something in this. He, my friend Kyle, he actually, um, he committed suicide, right? Yeah. And this is where this shift happened in my life, you know, where I started using my past to witness, but he committed suicide, all messed up on drugs, and it broke me. I mean, like, I was so broken, weeping, crying, asking God if he was in heaven. Like, you know, did I miss it? You know what I mean? Because he was literally reaching out to me, but I was so closed off because I was so, like, afraid of falling back into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and the Lord, he totally redeemed it by this way. He uh, Afterwards, I was like, okay, that's it. I know that I'm supposed to witness, you know, to people, even my friends that are struggling. Like, I will never miss this opportunity again to share Jesus with somebody who's hurting and struggling. And literally after he died a week later, I ran into his brother at uh, McDonald's in Port Ritchie, Sean. And when I ran into him, I was like, man, I got to tell you, you know, like I, I was praying for you. And I just like immediately approached him with this. And do you, do you know that Sean gave his life to Jesus? Wow. Right. Like he gave his life to the Lord. He was even coming to church even shortly after that. And 
he unfortunately also passed away, but I know that he's with Jesus, you know? And so I believe that's important. There is a time where you have to literally cut everything out for a little bit, you know, until you are like overcoming in Christ. But then after that, God uses your past for his glory. And he wants you to witness to those people from back in the day. He wants to use it. It's your testimony. That your mess, that our mess truly Mm -hmm. does become our message. You know, I was thinking, I know there's a lot of people out there that might be struggling in some sort of addiction or struggling in a battle of uh, some sin in their life, Um, pornography, uh, cheating, stealing, um, just like when we get in in this rut where we think there's no way out, uh, the Lord was reminding me of this simple scripture. It's, it's the words of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think that like when we're, if there's a struggle with addiction or there's this struggle and searching for satisfaction in all the wrong places, it's normally because we are trying to to have to lift this burden or or have different substances or or satisfactions or or love in the wrong places uh, carry that burden for us, but mm-hmm. it'll always only get heavier, and that's what happens. It just gets heavier and heavier, and we keep trying to numb it with different things in in the world. But the Lord is saying today, I don't know what you're going through out there, but but the Lord is saying that come to me and I will give you rest. And I just want to ask anybody out there, listen, if if you're going through something right now, struggling in addiction or struggling just in some sin or, you know, going back and forth, you know, you want to follow Jesus, but the world just keeps pulling you back. I want to give you a time right now where you can totally surrender that mm-hmm. surrender that you're talking about. Yeah. You can totally say enough is enough. Lord, I want to cry out to you right now. I want to give you my life. I want to just be all in. I want the battle to be done right now is your time. And Charlene, I just want you to pray for people right now. I just want you to pray right now, um, just rebuking and, and just pray strength over people, right? Just just for a few seconds. I just want you to just pray. And listen, if you're here, if you're listening right now, I want you to surrender your life to the Lord. Charlene is going to pray over you. And I just want you to receive this prayer as you surrender to the Lord. Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, and we take authority over every assignment of the enemy against these lives right now that are watching online. We rebuke the spirit of addiction right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every demonic power and principality, every lie of the enemy right now must be loosed in Jesus' name. I declare freedom over you right now in Jesus' name. Receive his freedom right now. It's for you. Don't doubt it. I rebuke spirit of doubt in the name of Jesus and unbelief must go and who the son Jesus Christ sets free right now is free indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom, Lord Jesus. God, I speak your healing over hearts Mm -hmm. right now that you would just bind up wounds of the past in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Your past will not dictate your future. Believe it and receive it. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I speak strength over your people right now. God, I speak strength, Lord, to make the right decisions. Lord, boldness to move in the right direction that you are calling them to right now. In Jesus' name, let your will be done, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to repeat after me right now. If you've made that decision, you're like, listen, I want to surrender. I'm receiving that prayer for myself. I just want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, 
I believe you are the son of God, and by your stripes I am healed. I trust in you, Lord, for salvation. I trust in you, Lord, for the forgiveness of my sins. And from this moment forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. Charlene, thank you so much for sharing your life with us and uh, sharing a true encounter with Jesus, how it changes everything. You're welcome. Love you guys. God bless Mm -hmm. you guys. We'll see you next time. 